0: Welcome to Originality, the show where we explore the roots of creative genius and talk to creative geniuses about what they do and why they are how they are and explore all things creative. We're your hosts, Aline Sims. That's me. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm joined by Kate Tempest Bradford, whose pronouns are also she, her. Uh, Tempest, guess what? What? We're back. Yay, we're back! Yay, we're back! Today we are doing things a little bit differently than how we did things before. Tempest and I are both joined by one of my favorite people, and I hope one of yours. um, My friend Quinn Rose, whose pronouns are she they, um, who is a stellar podcast producer and host of Pictorial right here on the Relay Podcasting Network. Quinn, welcome to Originality. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so, so thrilled that you could join us. And thank you so much for being our first guest back, our uh, first guest after our hiatus. Uh, So, hiatus,
1: that's a good word. That's a good word.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited that the show is back. And I'm
2: so honored that I'm here to help kick things off again.
0: Yes. And I'm excited for. Uh, our, our topic, or at least our starting topic, because I feel like, I don't know, I, I have known you for a long time. And I think that there are a lot of things about creativeness and creativity that, that you could talk about for a while. And I think it would be a great conversation But today, what we're going to start with is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's something that we've talked about on Originality before. Um, And I know it's something that is uh, important to you because you start your podcast, you start pictorial every episode by acknowledging this, and that is um, how... So many creative people, especially creative people who are not cisgender men, um, (laughs) we tend to want to wait until we're an expert on a subject before we will talk about it. And you start every episode of Pictorial, a podcast about art and art history by saying, yep, haven't formally studied this. And so I wanted, I really (laughs) wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. I don't remember at what point I
2: decided that was going to be the intro to every show. It just kind of flowed naturally. I start every episode by saying I'm Quinn Rose and I didn't go to art school. And then I say something either just generally, but I still love learning about art or I customize it to that topic, if it's something specific to that episode. But yeah, I just like to say that straight off the dome so people know what they're here for. I'm not a curator. I'm not an expert. I'm not an artist myself. I'm just really happy to be here.
0: So, who gave you the audacity to start an <laughs> art podcast when you don't have an art history background, Quinn? You know, some people in the Apple podcast reviews would really like the answer to
2: that you know, question.
0: That's interesting because I read that last night and I <laughs> bristled. And, and we can talk about that. But, Oof. but really, it's it's hard to put yourself out there. Why? Why did you? Why? Why did you decide to do this?
2: The original conception for Pictorial, actually, I remember this because it came from the first. PodCon. That's when I first had the idea. And that was back in. Is this true? Yeah, it had to be the first podcast. It was back in December of 2017. And I was hosting a show on Relay called Mixed Feelings, um, which is a whole other story. Uh, But that was going to be wrapping up at the end of that school year. My co-host and I were graduating. Um, And so our plan was to end the show around that time. And I was starting to already think about what do I want to do next because I wanted to continue working with the network and my initial concept even before I figured out like I want this to be about art that's actually not the initial spark I had the spark I had was I want to have a podcast where the premise is that I'm learning every week I thought it would be so fun to have a show where it's a topic I'm interested in and maybe have some some amount of just kind of (laughs) osmosis learning throughout my life but I'm not an expert in. And then I'm actually coming to each podcast learning something new. And that was for two reasons. Um, One was because I love to learn stuff. And I genuinely have learned so much about art history from doing the show. And it's such a joy to me. But the other part of it, which is very wrapped up in this whole conversation, is almost kind of the inverse of the way that you framed this question, however satirically you framed it, where it's like, oh, who gave you the audacity to start this show is something you're not an expert in? And I'm like, well, but the point is I'm not an expert. So I'm come if I'm coming in as an enthusiastic learner, then people can't get mad at me if I'm not perfect at it. And I immediately learned that people will get mad at me anyway. So mm. that didn't work at all. So I just kind of had to go from there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I
1: mean, yeah, I was just about to say, like, people are gonna get mad at me anyway. It's just it's such a refrain. Um, especially if you are not a cishet white male. Because yeah, the people are gonna always come in and be like, How dare you? It's like, what do you mean, how dare I? You yeah. you're doing stuff. I don't like it. Okay. Stop giving men microphones. I think that's that's really just the <laughs>
2: I watch a lot of TikTok now and I've ended up on like anti-men having podcasts TikTok.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's all of TikTok now, actually.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of men out there that maybe should consider other hobbies, I would say.
0: Yeah, and this um it was interesting because I uh I have not listened to podcasts in a while. I've spent um the last, I don't know, three or four years on an audiobook tear. And so Pictorial is really the first podcast that I've listened to in a while. And I've been bin- I've been binging it. Um, and I think it was like, f- I don't know, five o'clock this morning, I had insomnia, I was listening to it. And you said something in that episode about you're like, please leave us a review on iTunes because someone said something mean. And so I went and I Aww. looked and it was like a someone who was like, Talking, uh, talking about how only people with art history or art um, education should have a podcast like this because they know how to talk about it. And I was like, the point went like way, like miles over your head. You are at the bottom of the Mariana Trench and the point is an airplane. <laughs> like it's just um, – because I find – this is that's what I like about Pictorial. It's not that I don't enjoy art, but the thing is that I appreciate art when I can see it in person so much more than when I see it on a screen. And what I really appreciate about Pictorial is that you and Betty, your co-host, talk about it in a way that makes me appreciate it as I see it when I'm looking, you know, at the show notes at the piece that you're talking about. Um, You know, I, I, I appreciate the brushstrokes. I appreciate, you know, the things that don't necessarily come through in a scanner or photograph. Um, And you, you help me see other things about it and you talk about it in a way that is accessible, which seems to be the thing that this reviewer didn't like. (laughs) It was like, but I don't want someone to talk about the technicalities of the piece. I want someone to talk about the way it makes them feel or what they notice about it. I don't care about you know I, I i don't even know the terminology like that podcast would be completely inaccessible to me and i think that that is such a huge endorsement for people who don't have you know a phd in whatever thing to Talk about the things that they love because there's an audience at whatever level you are, there's an audience for that, and I think that that's important. That is so
2: kind of you. I really appreciate everything you've just said because that just really validated what I would say is my primary goal for this show it, for the listener is for someone anyone who doesn't have a lot of art background to be able to enjoy it and to be able to get into the art that we're talking about. And I just have to, give so much credit to Betty right now, my wonderful co-host who has had almost a decade of experience of talking about art as a gallery guide at the Art Gallery of Ontario, which I think has added so much to the show that we've now been doing for a couple years because she came in with all of this experience, not as an art, professional in the way that she has like all this technical training or whatever, but that she has so much experience with communicating with the general public about art and being able to share in that joy. And it's been really infectious to share in that joy.
0: What would you say to somebody if if they came up to you and they said, I really love watching uh, Formula One racing and I would like to start a podcast about it, but you know, I'm really new to it. And I, I I don't know a whole lot about it. And that might be a bad example, but it was, it was something I came up with that I don't know a lot about. So
2: I love this example because I couldn't tell you a single yeah. thing about Formula One racing. So maybe that makes it the best example because I'm coming from nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the way that I think about podcasting and I think can really be extrapolated to any kind of creative work that's based on an audience. There's so much creative work that you can do that's just for yourself. And that's awesome. And then there's a lot of creative work that you can do that's kind of put out on the internet and intended for an audience. And that's great as well. That doesn't mean you're going to make your living off of that or anything. But I think that if you're someone who's saying, I'm really interested in, for example, Formula One racing and I want to make a podcast about it. Absolutely go for it. I do whatever research that you need to do to feel comfortable with knowing A little bit of what to say. I mean, maybe like know the basic terminology and have a bit of understanding on what your initial topics are going to be. And I would just say set your expectations at a a good place because you don't want to barge into a space where you don't have a lot of experience and say like I'm I'm going to be the king of this now (laughs) or whatever royalty title you would choose, Um, but starting off is something that you feel genuine enthusiasm for and you want to learn more about and you want to capture the experience of learning more about it and sharing that with the world as a hobby and an outlet for yourself I think we need way more of that I think we need I love that kind of stuff that people do whether with it's podcast or YouTube or whatever they're doing and there's so much that's amazing of people who have real expertise sharing that expertise with other people and I have so much respect for people who do that and can, especially when they have good communication skills and can share their expertise in a way that makes sense to people who don't also have master's degrees in what they're talking about. Um, But I think that there is a lot of space out there that gets squeezed out of the middle, which is I'm not coming into a space and saying that I'm the expert. I'm just saying that I'm really excited about something and I want to share that with other people and maybe get other people excited about it, too.
1: It also makes me wonder about the idea of spaces where somebody's like, well, you, you have to be or you should be an expert in order to be able to do this. Like, I wouldn't think that a podcast would be that space, right? If somebody was, like, teaching at the university level, then, yeah, I would expect them to have at least a master's degree in the thing, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about it. But it's a podcast. <laughs> um, but I I do feel like that speaks to a lot of the the reasons why there's imposter syndrome, right? Because sometimes there's imposter syndrome just because of like the way that people are socialized. But sometimes it's because of this. It's because of people who come along and they're like, you need to be an expert in order to like talk about this thing. One of the things that came up on my Facebook memories recently from nine years ago is me saying like, oh, the, the current financial problems I've been having are almost at an end, but people keep suggesting that I teach online classes, but who would attend? And (laughs) (laughs) and he posted that and I was like, wow, pass me, like how pessimistic. But I do remember having that feeling that I didn't, I wasn't published enough. I wasn't expert enough in order to be able to teach these classes to people or that I maybe I felt I was expert enough, but I didn't think other people would feel that way. Meanwhile, now that's how I make my living. So pass me, everybody, <laughs> everybody would come. Um, But, but there's a lot that goes into that, right? That feeling of you, you can't, you can't talk about this. You can't do this unless you have reached like a certain level of expertise, which doesn't seem very helpful in spaces where expertise is not really required. Like podcasting doesn't seem like a space where expertise is necessarily required.
2: Yeah, I think it's all about having the right goals and the right frame for what you're doing. Because if you're, even with podcasting, if you're putting out a podcast where you're claiming that you have a particular expertise as something that you don't actually have, well, that's not great. And you don't want to be sharing misinformation potentially. Um, but if you're being honest about what you're doing and putting in a good faith effort, there's nothing wrong with starting podcast about whatever you want. Like that's what the space, that's what this kind of space should be for. But I think what you were, part of what you were getting at there as well, is there's this double-edged sword to this, which is, Being able to recognize when you do have expertise and you do have things that are very valuable to say and should be presented that way. And I think that that's... I mean, this whole thing is is nuanced. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer. It's like some people maybe should recognize that they don't have as much expertise as they are pretending that they do and a whole lot of people should be able to recognize that they do have a lot of very valuable things to offer a lot of training a lot of expertise and whatever they're talking about
0: and they should be allowed to claim that
1: yeah i 100% agree <laughs>
0: <laughs> like and how do you do that it's it's really hard i have struggled mightily with that in my professional career, which is kind of on hold at the moment for, um, health reasons. But like, it has been a struggle to both feel my value and like convince other people that I have value. And part of that is because, you know, I work in the tech industry And I'm a writer in the tech industry, which is like a slog in and of itself. (laughs) Um, But part of that is just like, it's really difficult. There's a whole lot of um, self-esteem and stigma and like family history and uh, like just like a whole bunch of stuff that's wrapped up into that.
2: It's a lot to untangle. I had kind of a weird experience with this recently where, not even that recently, like a good year ago, uh, maybe two years ago, God, the pandemic has been unbelievable for trying to tell how long ago something happened. Time has no
0: meaning. Yeah, (laughs) time, time has lost all meaning.
2: At some point
0: between March
2: 2020 and now, I made a video on YouTube where I just talked about my experience as a podcast editor. I just thought it would be fun. Um, and so I made this little video where I talked about some questions that people had asked me about being a freelance podcast editor, and some tools that I use for freelancing. And I mentioned in the video that I'd be happy to share my rates with any person who's starting freelance podcast editing and wants to get a sense for uh, for the industry rates. I just didn't want to say them publicly in the video because I didn't want, uh, if as they change over time, I didn't want that to be set in stone. And People still reach out to me about this. I'm so fascinated by this, but I still get DMs or emails of people saying, I saw your video. Could you please like share some more information about this? Would you mind sharing your race with me? I'm really trying to get started with this. And it's so I don't know why this surprised me so much, but the fact that it's still happening is, is just this like weird kick in the face of like, oh, I know things I have at least some elements of knowledge that other people would like. And they're so far enough that they want to reach out to a stranger and ask for that knowledge. And I was like, wow, I guess I never really thought about myself having (laughs) particularly valuable knowledge before in that way, even though it's such a small thing.
0: Well, and... (laughs) Quinn, you're you're a pioneer of podcast editing. Like, you really are. Oh, God. (laughs) You are, though. You've been podcast editing for years and years and years, not to make you feel old or anything, because you're definitely (laughs) not. But, like, you've been doing this for a long time. You have a lot of expertise, especially in the arena of podcast editing and production. That's... Mm. That's interesting.
2: <laughs> have you? In- I feel I feel my body rejecting this. <laughs> I'm like, oh no! <laughs> Which is terrible. I I want to say I this is my full time job, and I believe I'm good at my job. But when I look at like the field of podcast editing, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just kind of a person out here. I'm not like I don't have. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose work. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding! I'm the best podcast editor in the world, and you
0: should hire <laughs> you're me. You are you're an excellent podcast editor, but uh, like seriously, and you've been doing this since college, right? Like, yeah, I I say that like you're fifty <laughs> years old. It's not. <laughs> I'm a hundred years old. No, I started like my that. first.
2: I started my first podcast when I was 19? nineteen. Nineteen, yeah. yeah. So
0: that's. Mm, That's weird to think about. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to to make you contemplate your mortality and the passage of time. But like,
1: (laughs) well, but I think that sometimes, especially when you are a person who is um, who's been in a field for you know quite some time, you you sort of see your skill set as being ordinary when it's not; it's extraordinary. But from from your position. It feels ordinary. Um, and I I sometimes think about this, especially when I see other people getting so hyped up and excited about, um, like, a, an acting performance or um, somebody singing. Like, there, I can't mm. remember what the exact circumstances were lately, but, like, someone was singing and people were like, oh, my God, this is just as transcendent. And I was like, no, that's... Isn't that what everybody can do? And... That is very talented, but like, is that like super extraordinary talented? But because I, you know, was trained in classical voice and I, I have this <laughs> musical theater background, like from my position, I'm just like, yeah, that's amazing, but like, can't everybody do that? And I'm like, right, not everybody can do that. Oh I have God. to I have to remember. Um, and it's the same <laughs> with, you know, I mean, with acting, it's usually like people being like, Oh, he's such an extraordinary actor. It's like, no, he's just handsome and you like him. <laughs> Calm down. Calm and there's down nothing boat. wrong with
2: that, but say what it is, you know? Right. Right. That also that's amazing. I my primary hobby is viewing and consuming musical theater. So I'm one of those people who anytime anyone sings, I'm like, oh my God, you're so cool.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> and they are really cool. Like I it sometimes it just takes me a while to like realize that other people are reacting to something that they don't see very often. Whereas you know, from where I sit and, you know, all of my friends who are uh, performers and stuff, I get to see it so much that Mm. in my mind, it's normal. It's not normal, though.
0: (laughs) Tempest, you want to see a good performance. You just like cook dinner and belt out in the kitchen and it's fine. Whereas the rest of us have to pay good money.
1: It also doesn't help that my roommate is also a singer and They can play the guitar and other instruments. And so I'm just like, yeah, what, what? Like, there's not just like a guitar performance in your living room every night? I don't understand. I genuinely think this story
2: has rewired my brain because, like I just said, I love musical theater so much. And the idea that anyone in the world can find, can can get used to performances being around you and um, sometimes temporarily forget that's like an interesting skill to have. I'm like, wow. That is amazing. I can't take anything I could do for granted ever again because that's wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but see, now I'm the opposite because I'm like I need a pep talk. Like what do I do? <laughs> like, I'm not I don't have musical theater in my house every day.
1: What do, what what's I talk to my cats a lot. Like what what's I mean, you do have some like cat acrobatics that go on every day. That's pretty exciting. Oh my exciting.
0: gosh. That's mm. true. That is very true. Getting ready for the circus. Yep, especially <laughs> the little one. All right. So, I wonder if we can brainstorm maybe some strategies for um, people who are listening to this and thinking, like, I have, I have something I'm interested in that I would like to, to try or to talk about or to write about or to you know like whatever, but. I'm not ready yet. Like if if that were a friend sitting in front of us, what would we tell them? Like what would what would we suggest if they came to us looking for advice? What would we say? And Quinn, I think you you started by saying, well, you know, maybe make sure you have like background terminology and have you know basic knowledge but what else would we say
2: and I think that anytime you make anything it should be for yourself first as in like your first in mind but I mean in this case I mean literally make something and just don't show it to anybody else just make it for yourself and see how that feels and see how that experience is and what you think of it and then if you're up for it share that thing with a friend that you trust and I will say for me the idea of showing something to my friends is literally worse than showing it to strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I first started podcasting, I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I t- my f- I had my close friends were on the podcast, so I like culp- uh, made them culpable for it with me. And then I didn't tell like my family or other friends <laughs> that I was doing it and just put it on the Internet. Um, so... I wouldn't necessarily recommend that strategy, but genuinely, like if you feel more comfortable shouting into the void for a hot second and just seeing how something feels when you like see it posted wherever it's posted, then maybe that's the initial strategy. Probably the most healthy option is to go for some good friends first and to get some feedback, not necessarily even like critical feedback if that's not what you're looking for at this stage, but just having someone else consume what you've made and seeing what that experience is like for you and seeing what their initial reaction is to it, I think can go so far, not just in developing your work, which I'm not, I'm not even talking about like developing your work yet. I'm talking about like an internal process of getting yourself comfortable with making something and thinking of yourself as a person who is creating that thing.
0: I am a huge fan of, telling people what kind of feedback you're looking for and Mm -hmm. I love this as both a creator and as an editor so I love it when my friends or not even just an editor in a professional sense but as a consumer I love it when my friends come to me and say hey I made this thing I need you to read it or watch it or whatever. And I need you to tell me how good it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to hear any, anything about how I can improve it. I don't want to hear any of that. I just need you to tell me all of the things you like. Give me a list of the things you liked, And I will do that. I will do that with my, my husband. I'll go to Justin. I'll be like, so I wrote this and I need you to tell me how good it is. Don't tell me anything else just tell me how good it is. I will ask for, you know, improvements later, but I'm feeling insecure and I need to know it's good. Like, I don't know col- if you can cultivate relationships where you can feel secure doing that, because I, th- I think that is a vulnerable thing to do, but mm-hmm. um, it really helps me a lot when I can do that.
1: Yeah. And that kind of relationship um, with people is definitely cultivatable, especially if you are the kind of people who say you're maybe you're doing the same kind of art, right? You're both writers, you're both artists, or whatever. And the other person 100% understands why you need that moment for somebody to just say, This is really great. These are the things I like about it, instead of going into like how it can be fixed or whatever. When there are people who, um yeah who just like have the same mindset or the same understandings about things then it's a lot easier to to bring them into it but then you also have to realize that like not everybody is going to be that way so you have to sort of suss out like which people you can you know trust and sometimes it's literally just by saying to them hey could you read this and here's the The feedback or the response that I want, and if they can't give it to you, or if they like push against that, then just don't do that again. Move on to somebody else.
2: And the next part of this is, if you're getting to the point where you you really want to create something and share it with the world, just the harsh truth is there will always be somebody who hates it, and. That that kind of works on, on a couple different levels. One, everything that's ever made in the world, uh, some people will love and some people will hate. And really, the only goal that you can have is just to put it in front of more people who will like it than who will don't, mm-hmm. who, who will not like it. Um, and the, the other part of this is that no matter what you do, uh, someone is going to leave a mean comment. Just... <laughs> And uh, whatever form that takes, like when we started, this conversation was talking about how I made this podcast trying to insulate myself from the exact kind of criticism that I immediately received. And I was like, okay. And I had been on the internet for a hot minute and it was fine. It was just this matter of like, okay, there is no way out of random internet hate. There is no way out of even legitimate criticism, even beyond the idea of random (laughs) internet hate. And... If that's not something that you're interested in inviting into your life at all, that's totally fine. Keep things private. Have a private community. Keep things with your friends. You don't have, you're not required to invite that kind of thing into your life. But the really sad truth is, especially if you are not a cishet white man, (laughs) these kinds of things are going to happen if you are looking to expose things to a wider audience. And it's not your Job and it's not your responsibility to take responsibility for every one of those people. That's their problem. It's not your problem. That's such a good
1: point. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you're right. There's there is no way to insulate yourself. I um I saw a kind of like funny tweet or meme or something recently where a person said you can really tell if uh, the writer of an article has been on the internet too long or has been on Tumblr or whatever place because their article includes like arguments against things that are ridiculous that hardly anybody would ever bring up. You know, you're just like talking about snails and you're like, snails are not um fake, you know, spies no. <laughs> from, you know, the the deepest parts of wherever a secret island off the coast of whatnot. And you're just really like you're like, what? But like it's because somebody has said this to them. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere has said this to them, and and yeah, it's it's a lot when you are trying to like go through all the arguments, the dumb arguments that people will have in your mind, and then putting that in the piece. <laughs> and I I fall into these tendencies as well, just because again I've like you have been on the internet for a while, and my editors often have to remove that stuff, and I'm like, no, you can't remove it because somebody will, and they're like, <laughs> but they're ridiculous though, like this one. Not... <laughs> Let's not cater to ridiculous comments that actually don't, you know, forward the conversation and mean anything. And that can be a hard habit to break when you are a person who's not a cis white male on the internet and you're so used to like people just coming at you with stuff. Right. Um, so on the one hand, yeah, you do need to understand that there will be people who are mean about it. Whatever thing that you put out in the world, there's somebody who's gonna be mean about it. And it's not even, like, necessarily about developing a tough skin. It's sometimes just about developing an awareness of how meaningless some of those mean comments are. Like, they're not meaningless to you, but, like, they're meaningless in the grand scheme of things. And if you can, like, settle that in, your, in yourself, going forward is a lot easier. I I have a little anecdote, which I think
2: speaks to so much about what we've been talking about. This isn't about me, but I promise it it comes back around to be relevant to this, which is, um, so I'm a fan of internet creator Hank Green. Uh, He's been a content creator forever. And he's specifically very much a science communicator, has a whole career of science communication. And he like, has a master's degree and stuff. He he knows a lot of stuff. But he's not a, he doesn't have a PhD in every science that's ever been made, right? Ever been made? Ever been studied? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some of it's been made. Some of it's been made. There you go. And he's gotten really popular on TikTok, especially as a science communicator. So someone, there'll be a TikTok where like something weird happens that uh, people aren't sure what's happening and they'll tag him and then he'll explain like the chemistry or the physics behind it, or whatever. It's a, it's a very fun thing that people do. However, this has created this side effect where a, an expert in their field, almost always a woman, <laughs> especially a woman of color, other people of color have seen this happen too as well. They'll be talking about a science thing that they are actively studying or have discovered or just know a lot about and people get in the comments and tag at Hank Green like please confirm is this true all the all this stuff and Hank Green uh, while knowing a lot is also a white middle-aged man who is this traditional idea of authority for the what the image of authority is in our society that's just the way it is And the reason I find this so, I mean, obviously this is so frustrating and annoying, and I've seen a lot of people speak out against it. But what I find particularly interesting about it is even Hank himself has spoken out about it. He's been like, don't do this. I'm not the expert in these things. They're the expert in these things. And please think before you do this. But people still do. And I I think that this really shapes the way I think about this whole idea of expertise and random internet commenters and all this stuff. And it's like, even when you're in a position where someone could have a literal PhD in something and a white man is, has literally told the audience, don't bother this person. They're the expert. I'm not the expert. It still happens. It's still going to happen. And It's just a matter of breaking down like day by day the idea of what authority looks like and having people speak out and share their stories and share what they're learning, whether that be as a beginner learner or as a full (laughs) doctorate and whatever they're talking about and being able to slowly shift the image in our heads of what we have of who is allowed to talk about stuff.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I've I have seen the knock on effects of that Hank Green phenomenon, and I'm always like, "Y'all, come on now." He said, "Don't don't tag him. It's it's cool. You can just listen to these people who say they're experts."
2: Yeah, that's. It's not going to come from the people at the top, or the people at the top absolutely have a responsibility to do what they can, but they can't single handedly create the change. It has to come from every single person taking a moment to think and adjust the way that they're thinking, which is an extremely slow process. So don't take it personally. If you are a victim to this, While things are still, we're still trying to change them.
0: Yeah. Which I think ties, ties into like a sub point of this, which is um, decide whose opinion matters. mm. And try not to worry about the rest. It doesn't mean that you won't won't worry about the rest. It doesn't mean that it won't twinge when some other feedback comes your way or, you know, you get a comment from a rando that is hurtful or, or whatever. If you, it, it might never happen. Like many people go their entire lives without getting hurtful comments from randos um and more power to you i like to be prepared i get hurtful comments i'm i'm just prominent enough i try, i have just enough of an audience <laughs> that i do um aren't you lucky <laughs> uh huh and um and so it's just um it's an ongoing process for me because i'm a very sensitive human being but like just think about whose opinion matters and those are the people you really listen to, and other people might have good points. You can choose whether to to take that under advisement or not, but if other people are saying stuff, you can just ignore it wholesale. Hmm. It's fine. doesn't matter.
2: They are not a member of this club they're they are hating from outside, yep,
0: no. I was gonna say no boys allowed, or you know, but you know, like no, like whatevers. No, no
1: annoying people. No annoying. You no hating haters. Yeah, none of them are allowed.
0: Um, what other advice might we have? Like, I don't want to overwhelm people, but I do want to be like, hey, here's like a little confidence booster pack. Put this, <laughs> put this in your toolbox, and it'll help. Well, as you were just talking about deciding whose
2: opinions actually matter um, and valuing those people's and trying not to care so much about everyone else, I think having a person in that little roster and perhaps even assigning a person explicitly and asking them to do this, someone in your personal life, to be a cheerleader for you. And to say that, okay, these are the people who I really value their opinions. And I think they have smart things to say, whether that is supportive or critical of certain aspects of my work. But maybe have one person in there who just is always going to have great things to say about what you do. I personally have this in my life. My very good friend, Brian Hamilton, is mm. the biggest cheerleader cheerleader for me and has been since we met. And it honestly has made all the difference sometimes in helping me feel really good about my work.
0: Brian has the capacity to be a hype squad, just a one-person <laughs> hype squad, not just a cheerleader, one-person hype squad.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah
1: i'm I'm here for all of the hype people they they are great <laughs> um another piece of advice i I would give is thinking about who your audience is, right because one of the things that held me back when I was thinking about doing online classes and I was like, Who's gonna listen to me? I haven't published enough or whatever but um, but I do have expertise in specific areas, right. Um, that other people don't, they may struggle with or they may struggle to understand. But even beyond that, even though I haven't published like 5 million short stories and 20 novels and whatever, I still know more about, say, the publishing process and I still know more about writing craft than somebody who is a beginner, right? So it's like, who's the audience for this information? Is it other people who are fans of a thing like you? who know, you know, the kind of, maybe kind of the things that you know, but are interested in hearing other people's uh, viewpoints, opinions about the thing. Um, Is it somebody who is not as far along on the path as you are? So therefore you do know more. You don't know everything, but you do know more. Um, People who might know something about X and you're talking about Y, which is a little bit related to X but not 100%. And so now they're getting like the crossover, you know, somebody who knows about X, that telling them about Y could be very powerful. So yeah, like thinking about who who's your audience. That's very, very smart.
0: I have a story. I have a quick story. Um, So when Tempest and I were trying to come up with a name for originality, we knew that like, one of the premises of the show is, like, where do ideas come from, right? We wanted to, like, kind of try to explore that. Because it's such a mystery. No, Like, nobody knows. They just kind of come. But I knew that we were going to to, to bring originality back. And I knew, Quinn, that, that you were going to come on the show at some point. And I knew that one topic that we have touched on um, but haven't really super explored was this topic. And Justin and I were watching The Simpsons because I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up. And so I'm like, all right, I've got this big like pop culture gap. And some (laughs) of the episodes hold up and some of them are just, I can't believe that they were not awful in the day and they're (laughs) definitely (laughs) awful now. But um, there's there's this one episode where like the family really needs money. I don't remember why it's a theme in several episodes because this is America and we really need money um, in most families at some point or another. But anyway, Marge Simpson is like um, brainstorming kind of what she can do to bring in more income. And she's like, well, I could teach piano lessons. And Lisa says, like, she's like, you don't. You don't play the piano and Marge is like, no, but I just have to stay one lesson ahead of the kid. And I was like, Yeah. Oh. I mean, that doesn't work for piano, but oh yeah, my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and so, and that's when I was like, you know, I should talk with Quinn about this because <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it really is it's it's something that i i just don't feel like we talk about enough as a society we we emphasize getting you know it, it, it used to be bachelor's degrees and now it's like well if you don't have a master's degree then like what are you even doing with your life and um you know we we really emphasize Having uh, culturally recognized expertise and things, but like I think there's a lot of value in just being excited about something and learning about something and taking people along for the ride and sharing what you know. And like nobody knows everything about a thing, so that's so true. And that's such a funny example. Uh, <laughs> it just it cracks me up <laughs> because I, I was trying. I was like, need a topic with Quinn. And I was like, "This is this is this is this is the universe telling me that this is what we need to talk about." It came to me through The Simpsons. I mean, that kind of is
2: literally pictorial. We are one <laughs> lesson ahead of the audience, and then we share our little lesson, and then we go on to the next one. But it, I mean, it, maybe not for some of, uh, maybe not for literally teaching piano, uh, because I think if I was paying someone to teach me piano, and I found out they were just teaching themselves how to play piano one less ahead of me. i just be like, okay, just tell me what book you're using. <laughs> um, but for a lot of other stuff where it's maybe not quite so straightforward, just pure knowledge isn't necessarily end-all, be-all. There's so, so many things are wide and expansive, and it's not just about knowing facts and figures or knowing piano skills. It's about what you're choosing to learn and how you're choosing to learn it and what format you're choosing to share that information with other people. There's so much value that can be added along that route. That's way different than I just read a page out of a book and now I'm telling you about it. There there are so many different steps along that that are, are genuine value and are genuine individuality for different people.
0: Well, and also just like the different ways that different brains process things, the way that different cultural backgrounds inform the way we think about things, the way that Mm -hmm. you know, it's just there are so many things that are up for interpretation that I think that it's so silly to be like that one reviewer who is like, well, only the people who have the formal education should be talking about these things because they have the vocabulary. And it's like, no, that's gatekeeping. That's keeping the conversation. That's maintaining the status quo of the conversations that have been occurring. Um, You need different perspective, different education levels, different education backgrounds, different whatever, because that is where Innovation of thought and perspective comes in, and you can open up new worlds, especially when you're talking about something like art. Like, you're not talking about load bearing walls and architecture. You're talking, (laughs) it's not math. You know, you're talking about placement of color and brush strokes and, you know, image composition. And that's completely different.
1: Yeah. Figuring out what is subjective and what is objective you know, that, that is a always a good place to start. Like, some things are just subjective. Art is subjective. Like, it just is. Oh, yeah. You know, there are objective ways of talking about different aspects of art, but art is subjective.
0: I was nodding so aggressively through everything you were saying, Aline. <laughs> like, it, and like, even within architecture, I'm sure that there's a lot of disagreement about, like, the best way to construct, you know, whatever. Like, You know, a skyscraper, I'm sure architecture firms have, you know, rousing debates about how to make a skyscraper safest or whatever, like... I don't know. I just... It involves
1: a lot of glass. A
0: lot of glass. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, it's impossible
2: for me to visualize an architecture firm in modern day. I can only visualize them dressed as if it is the 1920s.
0: Oh, see, for me, it's... Um, I think that I watched too much Mad Men because it's all like Don mm. Draper, crystal whiskey glass, That's cigarettes. what all
2: architecture firms look like inside.
0: Yep. 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 Very... 1960s aesthetic 50s 60s yeah anyway I feel like I've ranted and I feel like (laughs) I'm coming I'm coming back to my roots because this is essentially what my first podcast less than your equal was about was just like (laughs) let people do their thing dang it Um, and so (laughs) that's why I get so heated is like I hate gatekeeping gatekeeping is really annoying to me and so, mm-hmm. listeners, I'm saying to you, like, try new things. Try things. Don't let your inner voice or anyone else stop you because, one, expertise is a social construct. Uh, no two people will agree on what a true expert is. And nobody knows everything. hmm If you wait until
2: you feel perfectly confident and like, you know, everything that you should know, you will never start. And so the best thing to do is to start now and then pick up that
1: confidence as you do it. Yep. Yep. And, you know, even as you're going along the path, there will probably be times when maybe somebody's like, oh, come on our podcast and talk about this or come and speak to our group about this other aspect. And you may feel like, you don't know enough, and you're gonna be like, oh no, like they're wanting me to talk about it, but I'm not a real expert. And like you do all this preparing, or at least I've done all of this preparing, and I'm like ready for like the most advanced questions. And people are like, Why is the sky blue?
2: <laughs> I mean, at the beginning, beginning of this podcast, your, your little tagline about how you invite creative geniuses on. I was like, I'm sorry, is that supposed to be me? <laughs> but you know, here we are, we did it. Mm-hmm
1: i think it was great yes because you're a genius well i said it like i can i can declare things like this so i'm declaring it well i'm declaring
2: i'm declaring you two geniuses
0: Yay! (laughs) hey quinn where can people find you and pictorial
2: online Well, you can find a pictorial at relay.fm slash pictorial right here on the home network. Um, And we're at pictorial pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then I personally can be found mostly on Instagram and TikTok at aspiringrobotfm. Um, I don't know what I'm doing on TikTok yet, but I'm having a lot of fun figuring it out. So if you want more about the themes of this conversation, you can watch me do it in real time.
0: (sighs) Well, Tempest, I think that's it for now. No. I hate it when good things come to an end. I you know. This was such a good conversation. But we have to give ourselves, Quinn, and our listeners time to get creative.
1: I guess that's true. Well, between now and the next episode, we'd love to know what acts of creativity you're committing. So you can ping us on Twitter at originalityfm FM uh, or ping us directly and tell us. I'm Aline on Twitter. That's A L E E N. And I'm Tiny
0: Tempest on Twitter. And if you don't want to share, that's okay. We'll still cheer you on. Until next month, get creative.